Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Matt. How are you? I am doing great. We got a special guest down here, Bridget Boucher, Boucher like Bobby Boucher, Bridget Boucher of a <laughs> Betterment Project, right? So she's basically a profitability coach for small business owners. So I got introduced to her through a mutual friend of ours, and we kind of hit it off, and I thought that she'd be a great guest to talk about profitability for for small business owners. Bridget, how you doing down there? Doing great, glad to be here. Yeah? What part, what neck of the woods are you in? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, we didn't ask that. Are you in Minnesota, is that where you? No, I'm originally from Minnesota. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, so I'm in Brookhaven area. Okay, all right. So Which is right down the street, I'm, I'm literally in Brookhaven as well, so. <laughs> we'll talk about that offline, that's kind of, I walk around the club. Her. Yeah, exactly right, <laughs> different subject. All right, so you and I were on a call last week and I thought this would be good to kind of continue our conversation. And you're a profitability coach and work with small uh, business owners. So let's talk about that. So who is your target market and what are the conversations that you've been having lately? Oh yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of conversations. I feel busier now than before. I'm sure you guys can relate to this. There's a lot of conversations, a lot of emotions around money right now. Um, so. They vary by client and by industry, but I would I would say you know for my small business clients, these are typically established businesses um, between five and fifty employees. Um, those conversations have been centered around relief programs and different resources that are available for them. So really, kind of helping them through the process, which we know has been ever changing and a little um, confusing at times. So really working through that. Um, depending on the industry, some of my clients are actually thriving. Um, I have a client that is um, sells toilet paper and hand sanitizer, and they can't keep up. So, <laughs> the two most popular items in this whole thing. Right. So they have a different kind of problem. So now they're looking at how do we, we scaled so fast, we didn't see that it was coming. We have to protect our employees, make sure to um, keep parameters in place for their well-being. And we're also trying to source all this information because our, our wholesalers are, are running out. So they're touching orders. They used to run an order through and maybe touch, you know, 10, 10% of them multiple times. And now they're touching every one like, Oh, it's a back order. The website's not updated. And so there's challenges around that right now. So they're in a different situation, but still um, they're benefiting and kind of negatively impacted by this. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you know, I actually just, there are businesses that are really coming out of this. Um, in fact, I have a new client prospect I had a call with today that's in the creative industry. So if you think about an environment like this, there are businesses being born, um, not just um, maybe they were in process or maybe they're out of necessity. So people are pivoting, they're going digital, they're realizing their client base isn't in their backyard anymore. And they're getting to know a lot of this new technology, um, how far they can reach and they're identifying people you know, the creative side of things, marketing, branding, websites, people are taking the opportunity right now to figure out when, you know, this goes into um, um, a more financially stable market and the limitations are raised. How do I want to show up there? Right. And right. so they're looking at that. So I've got kind of both sides of that. Um, I've definitely got people that are, are really just more getting scrappy. They're trying to figure out you know, what's my burn rate? What's my forecast? How can I forecast the foreseeable? And what is that going to look like? So there's fear, there's um, thriving, there's building, there's creating, and there's also people just trying to keep their head above water and get toilet paper in people's hands. <laughs> you know, 
would it, would those clients that would be startup would those normally be your target market or is this is kind of a new thing because of what's happening yeah so that's an interesting question um i typically i have worked with some startups before it's not my target market it's a little bit of um as you can imagine more pressure especially if they have capital raise involved or um however they're doing they're, they're really focusing on getting that cash flow and that established business so it's not a typical client the reason this one came across my radar was they have an established business that's really specific to a certain industry in dental and medical and they're moving out towards like the um i love how they put it they're a creative uh, brand and they want to create branding and website for a spicier market. So something that's maybe a little less, um, you know, the, the dental and medical cannot, um, sometimes doesn't allow for that expansion, let's just say, of that creativity. <laughs> something more exciting. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so not my typical, but in this case, because they, they're kind of a sister company, I was really intrigued by it. And, yeah. So they're not as corporate, you know, cause you gotta be, you gotta be that way around the dental industry or or even yeah <laughs> there's more that, parameters <laughs> that's exactly right we had talked about like the personal side you know personal expenses and, and and personal profitability and stuff like that and i was talking to one of my guys earlier today and i just are you seeing this the strangest conversation he's like you know they're quarantined at home he's got his business and we're this is just on the personal side and he said i looked at my credit card bill this month and instead of five thousand it's actually only two thousand he said i'm actually spending less money are you seeing that with any of your clients? I was shocked. Every single one, every single oh. one. And so one of the pivots that I have um, seen from the personal side, so one of the pivots I had made um, was really, you know, I've had to do a lot with my personal finances. I left corporate America four years ago and started my own business. I left a very stable, like corporate CFO salary. It was not a popular decision at the time, but I knew I needed to go and build. Something inside me was saying I need to build my own. And so in doing that, I had to get real scrappy with my personal finances and real creative and figure out how to define wants and needs and all of those things. So in this market, um, it really gave me the opportunity to help reduce other people's learning curves. And so I started doing free webinars and I've been doing them weekly um, and then offering some guiding, guided coaching on the back end of that if they want to take it a little deeper. But what I found is a lot of that by default. So people are just not spending. I mean, the, the biggest line item, it seems like on a personal household, besides just your fixed debt, like your your mortgage, is going out to eat. Yeah, that's what and I going think. out to drink. Yes. <laughs> that's what I think. I think it is. I think everybody's eating at home. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize I was eating out $3,000, $4,000 worth. Yeah, it adds up. It gives you a chance to really um, simplify your life in a way where you can then rebuild it the way that you want. And some of that is just by default, right? Some of that's happening by default and some of that is happening by choice. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation. You put a squeeze on the income in certain areas and then the expenses follow and all of a sudden your margin is. Yeah, it actually gets, gets bigger. And what I was talking about with this guy, they're eating healthier, right? So they're cooking most of their meals. So then by, he's actually lost 10 pounds in the last three weeks of quarantine because they're just eating healthier, right? Yep. Slimmer, I always call that slimmer waist, fatter pockets. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's no one has an excuse now not to exercise. I mean, let's. Uh, we got a lot of time on our hands, right? Yeah. A mat's exercising twice a day, I hear. Yeah, just, to, just <laughs> exactly right. I'm kind of hyper. So, yeah. I well, as you can see, I still go to the office. So I'm at my office, but um, I, I'm i the only one here. So, I'm not. Yeah. I'm supposed to stay quarantined in the office. Yeah, we had. So I was talking with another one of my clients this morning and uh, HVAC, air conditioning supply. Uh, believe it or not, gangbusters. 
they are going gangbusters. And I wouldn't have thought about it, but then when you work through it, as he explained it to me, it makes sense, right? So you're at home and um, now you could be at home when the HVAC guy comes. You don't have to go meet him from your office, right? Plus as the weather warms up, you know, gosh, you're not gonna sit in your house all hot and sweaty. Darn it, I need that AC. And he's saying they'll, they're even financing. Like, I mean, I'm worried about my job or whatever, but damn it, I want to stay cool. So, so come fix me. Oh, absolutely. People are, are people's um, home lives are being elevated <laughs> in yes. all kinds of ways. Yes. <laughs> right. The pool guy, I was talking to one of my pool guys and he's like, oh, he's busy as hell because people are heating up their pools right now. Usually they don't open the pools until May. Yeah. Know. He's down in Jacksonville. They're probably open all the time down there. You know, I don't know. No, no yeah, so people are calling to open the pools up early. So the pool guy's going nuts. Yep. Yep. So Bridget, uh, you're a CPA, correct? Yes. And um, so as, as a business coach, what, what are your, you got, you probably have an, a, enough clients that what's the biggest fear you think some of your clients are facing? And I know a lot of entrepreneurs don't like to admit fear, but I think there's a fair amount of fear being, blasted down our throat. What's, what's the biggest fear you think your entrepreneurial clients are facing at this time? In this climate? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I would say costs are more certain than revenue. Yeah. <laughs> so the biggest fear is, um, what that is, how that's going to shake out. Right. So in times of uncertainty, you know, where you might've had contractual ob obligations, which are now just, you know, I mean, using the clause, the force majeure, everybody's kind of like, um, so yeah, that's the uncertainty is just, is my business going to sustain through this? And how do you find your, how are you keeping yourself positive so that you can keep your clients focused on, on the prize instead of bringing their eyes off the prize? How are you, because you have to elevate people undoubtedly. So how are you doing that? Yeah, I have um, definitely had to do, so I just, I do some energy work. I make sure that I am staying at a vibration. I was actually, I think I was sharing this with Matt, but like, you know, we're on Zoom now. So we're, it's not only like, it's not like we're in, in person where you can almost feel that energy. You almost have to come across even higher energy. And so I have rituals that I do where I get up and move my body in between Zoom calls. This is, you know, for many of us, this might be our fifth or sixth of the day. And so in order for me to stay in, in a mindset of um, abundance and possibility, um, I have to take care of myself. And that means getting outside. That means making sure I get enough sleep. That means for me, really controlling my environment. I'm, I'm educated um, as a citizen, but I'm not watching the news all the time. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm, I'm sheltering the information enough so that it's not producing anxiety. And when I talk to a client, I have to go in with an open mind and say, look, let's talk about possibility. Let's not come from a place of fear. Nothing can be created there. You know, let's think, how can we make this better? How can we make this better? What can we do? What steps can we take? And I create small wins for them along the way because it creates momentum. Right, right. Exactly. We were talking about this, and I think you and I might have talked about it last week on the call, is that the, the, the thing that's different this time is we know there's an end to this, right? The eight, nine, and 10 recession we didn't know if the banks were going to be open tomorrow. We didn't know if businesses would be open tomorrow. I feel really confident that it's not a matter of if we recover, but when, because eventually we'll all be allowed out of our houses, right? And I know there'll be some people that don't make it, but there'll be some surprises. Your toilet paper person, my HVAC and the pool guy, there'll be some positives and negatives, but it's the strangest in that we do know that there's an end to it. We don't know when, but I know there's an end to it. That's kind of the way I kind of try to keep myself 
motivated. Hey, first time I've ever been where I know that there's an end to it. That's, that's a really important perspective. And one of the things that I use, um, you know, a lot is to kind of shake myself out of a mindset is that money is a renewable resource. It will come back around, but time is not. So how you're going to spend this time for when that bounce back happens is going to be really critical. Do you want to be feeling behind or do you want to be feeling more prepared? And however you spend that time, however, whatever your energy level is in order to create or produce or do, that is completely unique to you. But if you need a little shakeup, try to figure out like, okay, this time spent, if this time, you know, snap your fingers, this time was taken away from me all of a sudden and I had to go to this new normal and I didn't have this time anymore. How do I wish I would have spent it? You know? And that's probably personal and business. What what are you telling your clients? Hey, make sure you take time yourself or an exercise. What are you telling your guys? Yeah, the well-being is a huge thing. I mean, when I left corporate, part of the reason I left corporate um, was because I was real out of out of balance. You know, the corporate, the deadlines came before my well-being and my health suffered. Um, just, I just felt less energy. I felt puffy. I didn't feel really in shape. I felt like I was just kind of Groundhog Day. Um, and for me, it wasn't really the job that has changed. It was just me that had changed. I had gone through. I had done my 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 corporate um, duties and climbed that ladder and did all the right things. And then when it came time to shift over, I really realized I had to take care of myself because that's really the only way um, I could find that alignment. So if, if I was kind of like horizontal, I needed to shift it into alignment where I feel so much more energy now around the work that I do because of that. So that's really, really, really important. Um, and a lot of times in, in times like this, you know, I think I likened it to like spring break, like week one of quarantine or the gym in January. Everybody's like, yeah, you and I talking. Yeah. the gym in January yeah. and everybody was on zoom and everyone's like, we're going to make it through and we're going to do this. And everybody was kind of high vibe. Like how can we connect with people? And then week two, it kind of set in like, well, this might be real. I feel my energy shift. I felt it too. I was like, okay. And back to your point, David is like, I had to really work through that in order to show up for other people. Because the reality is, I'm not a coach that's got it figured out. I'm going through it like anybody else. I'm applying for my PPP loan, right? right like right, right. I'm doing the same thing. So it's hard. It's like maybe I might be one or two steps ahead in certain areas. And that's that's okay. You can still lead from that place. You don't have to have it. I think what you just said there, uh, when when you unpack it, it, it the, probably the most important thing is is that you're in action. You're, you're, you're moving toward something that's what we as entrepreneurs, we never know necessarily what the right thing is. I mean, sometimes it's, it's because you've done it before, but right now nobody's done this before. And so the fact that you're moving um, is probably more, more important than anything, I, I think. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes is, even if you fall on your face, at least it's a forward motion. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that. I like that. Yeah. And the old uh, action cures fear, Napoleon Hill is always, um, you know, there's a lot of fear. And that's, I mean, I've said this is one of those times where action really does, um, it, it takes your focus. So, okay, how do I pivot? That's what you're, I mean, so let me, let me go off on something here. So what are some mistakes maybe that people will make or can make in this time and what would you say to help them kind of guide them back on track? What, what mistakes you think, what you think would be critical mistakes for companies at this time? Um, I think to operate from a place of fear. So if they're making impulsive decisions, we really don't know the longevity of this. So what we've got to do is kind of play a what if scenario 
what's the best that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Um, you know, if, 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 if we play it out that way, I always kind of say, play it to the end and see what that feels like and see what that looks like to the best of our ability. But at least that way, we've got this awareness that there are different options. Okay, so maybe this deadline passed. Okay, so it's not that option, scrap that one. Okay, here's plan B. And then keep kind of working towards that. So I think impulsive um, fear-based decisions are probably the things that are gonna get um, in the way. I, I've, heard, I've definitely seen um, either on the personal finance side or on the business side, um, you know, layoffs or 401k withdrawals and different things like that. And it's just from people going, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how long it's going to take to get this resource from the government or, um, you know, when business is going to pick back up or, um, or to your point even further is not pivoting and thinking, how can I still serve in this market? Is there still a demand for my product, my service? Can I educate? Can I go virtual? Can I coach? Can, you know, what kinds of things can I do? to stay afloat during this time if my revenue has been decreased or lost and really digging into that. And that's why I would say permission to play, permission to play. I like um, it. permission to play. Yeah. Permission to play. Yeah. We were talking, I was talking to one of my medical providers um, and we were trying to get in the conversation of, I'm trying to get him to focus. When we come out of here, what are the three things you're going to be focusing on? And maybe they're new opportunities. So I'm having them exercise, you know, exercise the brain, give me 10 things you could do, right? For your existing client base, give me 10 things that you could do. Even if you don't do them now, even if you don't want to do them, just tell me what you could do. You know, instead of these products, you could supply these products. Instead of these, I have these contacts, they might be interested in a different product or a different service or a different coaching or a different, I'm just trying to get them to stretch their brain to say, I've got this group of people that I've been working with what else can I do for them, even if it's not exactly what I was doing before? Because you still yeah. got those contacts, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and this is the one thing, I, this is one thing I bring up on my webinar that I love so much is when you think about, we talked about like haircuts. <laughs> so right. think about the, the industry that, you know, you need to be physically in contact with and, and hair is one of them. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going to learn how to cut my own hair. So for me, when I think of a hairstylist or a massage therapist or somebody that has this big client base, when those doors open again and we're able to do that, that line's going to be long. Yes, exactly. If I were them, I'd say I'm selling gift cards. They are going to put you in an order for the appointment. So the, so it's instant cash for that hairstylist. It's gift card. It could be discounted, whatever you want to do. But I got to tell you, I'd pay for that right now. I'd say I want to be on that list. So they're generating cash flow. We're actually getting in line. That is genius. My wife was just talking about like the nail salon, li literally. And, and same thing. She said, oh, that nail salon is going to be packed as soon as it opens back up. That yep. is a great suggestion. Pre-sell yep. the order of the line by whatever, how much of the gift card you buy. Yeah. Right? 100 bucks yep. puts you in the first day. It, you mm -hmm. know, 75 bucks gets you in day two. That could be, that's a great idea, Bridget. So I, I love the idea. I, I, but I see like this trans... You're a CPA, you're in corporate America, America. you hated it. it. It made you have to focus on restructuring your personal finances. Um, and and you, then you said something later, all these people are pulling out of their 401k. What would your recommendation be for people that the next time around, so they're not in the same boat to have to be pulling out of the retirement fund uh, if this were to happen again, because it could. So. Yeah. Oh gosh. So um, they've got to get visibility of their personal finances. They have got to understand their financial footprint 
and they need to know their burn rate. What's their personal burn rate? And so there, what does it cost them to live? You know, and, and if you run a history, if you go use your online resources and you just pull from your online bank, your online credit card, there's reports out there. They try to think like you, right? They categorize them and do all the things. Right. App like mint.com. If you yep. geek out in Excel like me, you can do Excel. But the point is to get, I totally, right? Pivot tables. <laughs> um, so if you, if you get visibility to your finances and you look at the history of January and February, you'll see things like we discussed earlier, like March or April is going to go significantly down because we're not traveling. We're not putting gas in our car as much. We are um, not going out to eat. So there's going to be a difference. So what you need to do is get eyes on that now while you have the time. You need to face it. A lot of people don't want to see it. It's almost like this thing that they just don't want to look at. But if you get eyes on it, you get visibility. It's just your starting point. And in order to make measurable progress, you have to have a starting point. So you get your burn rate. You, you, you know, do a simple net worth statement. Assets on one side, what you own. Debts on the other side, what you owe. Total them all up. Work to improve that position every single month. And there's levers that you can play with. So your expenses are by default going down. Okay, so what about your, your vendors, your, your subscriptions, your lenders are offering deferred payments. So you, you've got levers you can play with that you didn't necessarily have before um, in the relief programs. But you also have on the income side, I mentioned the gift cards, right? right. Um, everybody's got a skill set. How do you do it digitally? Always wanted to start a side hustle? You wanted to write a book? You wanted to start a podcast? Um, some of these things you can start to work on now. They might not instantly generate revenue, but there are, there are skills that you have that you might be able to offer as like virtual VA type services. And my webinar is just a Zoom webinar. I invite people for free. I educate them. We stay connected. I'm building my network. I have a product offering after that. They don't have to take it. That's a new revenue stream for me, right? right. So we got to take what we know. We got to say what has, what demand has this situation created and what skills do I either have or need to be able to solve or improve those. And I'll tell you right now, if you're doing that, do what's aligned with you, but don't stop selling. Don't stop selling. We've got to be participants of this economy. I want you to buy and I want you to sell, but only with what is in alignment with you and your personal situation. But that fear-based thinking gets people to like, you know, stop. And, and until you get visibility to it, you're not really sure what you're left over with. Because to your point, your, your, your client had, oh gosh, my credit card bill was much less. Right, right. right. So what are you going to do? Are you going to set up an emergency fund? Are you going to pay down some debt? What are you going to, where, how are you going to redistribute that intentionally? Yeah. I had a conversation with one of my clients late last week and it was this whole incident's just the importance of planning, right? The, I, his scenario, I, I made a bunch of money. I should have had more on the sidelines. I should have had that cash reserve that I'm always talking about three to six months in cash reserves. Mm -hmm. It's like, I should have had that. Now, next time I will have it. So his point was, it now shows me the importance of planning. This event has shown him the importance of planning. And, and that's the note I've been spreading, the message I've been spreading is, look, Here's, here, here's the event. Here's the hundred year flood. Even though we just had one 10 years ago, here's another hundred year flood. Yeah. Probably should have planned for it or could have planned for it or planned a little better. Mm -hmm. um, but I like what you're talking about. I'm changing the subject, but it's related. Uh, what demand is out there, right? So uh, Dave and I are big LinkedIn fans. And I think you mentioned you do a lot of LinkedIn. And so I was on a call yesterday or maybe it was, I don't even know. Yesterday was Tuesday. Um, and 
you know, somebody was poo-pooing the LinkedIn idea. Oh, I tried it before and all that kind of stuff. Yet this other woman chimed in and she was kind of new to LinkedIn and she's like, no, you don't get it. We're all at home and now we're getting on LinkedIn. So now LinkedIn, whether you used it before or not, it's one of those demands that are, there are more people on LinkedIn now and using it more than there were two months ago, at least anecdotal evidence, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. so there's a skill you can use. Use that to expand your network. Use that to, to, to sales. Use that to just get introduced to people, right? Something that you're sitting at home, we're all digital. I could have a Zoom call or I could play around on LinkedIn and try to connect with some people. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So I got a question about that. Um, kind of on those lines. What are you? What do you do? Since we talk about marketing a lot on the, on here, what what do you do to attract clients to yourself? What's your um, I mean, what's your funnel? What's your funnel? What I mean, do you use Facebook? Do you ads? What What do you typically do? I've never done an ad. Um, I so so one of the things being a one woman show is that you've got to really be protective of your energy. So I started my business fortunately off of referrals. Uh, just coming from my strong financial network and my corporate, you know, gig here in Atlanta, there, there was a strong referral base. And and I think when you start a business, I can't remember the, the proper term of it. It's like implementation, something like that. But, but basically you're like, oh, this is awesome. I started a business. And I've got all these referrals. And right. then, and then they start to dry up, right? Cause you're, you can't be naive enough. They don't to think all write that. checks. That's right. <laughs> they didn't all write you a check. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. So I, um, I've used a diff, a couple different ways to, to, to get clients. And I found the best way is honestly, because I'm not going for quantity. I really can only coach so many people in a given year, let's say if I have an annual program and then I have some maybe six month programs. Um, so I find the best way is, is networking. I've, I've explored some marketing. Um, I find that getting myself out there, um, I joined a mastermind. Um, I part of some local communities here really just used LinkedIn, LinkedIn to leverage because LinkedIn is really sophisticated. I, I didn't use it back in the day. I didn't use it unless I was looking for like to switch jobs. I mean, right. That was like how we used it. Yeah. yeah. It's, Hey, make your profile robust, get all of the things out there. Use your DMS because if somebody's on, on LinkedIn and they're connecting with you, you can use search fields. You can search by location. You can search by keywords. So, so make sure that your profiles reflect reflecting the people, like the, the current clients that what they would be searching. And so you can really create, I create all my own content on LinkedIn. I go live on LinkedIn. I just try to establish that trust um, because it's such a relationship type business. People aren't going to trust me with their business or their money. If they haven't seen my style, they don't think I'm credible. They don't know what's happening. So that's really where I've stepped into it. I'll be honest and say, coming from a former CFO background, I was overhead. I didn't have to market myself. <laughs> I did, that was very new to me. So coming into entrepreneurial land, that that was something that I, I could always speak, but the sell part of it, I, you know, I had to get real comfortable with the value that I was offering and share it in a way that I knew I could help them if I could. And that changed the game for me. The conversation changed. But yeah, that, that's pretty much what I, how I do. Um, I'd love to hear what you guys do. No, I'm going to, so let me ask you this along those same lines. And we can come back to what you just said was, so now you're pretty, are you, you've got to be, you know how to sell now, you know how to market, right? And it's for you, tell me, my point being is you, you left corporate world and you've never done sales because you were internal is what I call it, right? And then you had to kind of figure this stuff out right? 
But now that you've figured it out, even during these crisis times now, you're confident that you know what you're doing and how to do it, right? It's, it's so applicable across the board. So once you kind of, if you, the functionality of it, you can apply it across different offerings. So like I said, I had created a new revenue stream for myself around personal finance education or in, in this market, which you think about how counterintuitive that sounds. I'm talking to people who are worried about their finances and they're paying me to do it. Like that, that can be a lot of pressure, right? So you <laughs> right. want to make sure that you've got something that's valuable, that's low ticket enough, that um, you know that there's an outcome, that they're going to be better off in the future. And because I believe that, yeah, I can actually help people do that. And I deserve to be paid for that. So that's kind of that whole economic like cycling through. Where well, I and that's the cool part, right? That, that you would think, well, I can't, you know, during this climate, nobody was going to want to pay me to do this, but that's not the case. Right. You wouldn't want a client that doesn't want to pay you because if they don't, <laughs> appreciate, if they don't appreciate the, look, the reality is um, people will pursue the things they find valuable and it, it, that means they'll throw money at it. And so when people pay you as a coach and you, and you give them some guidance, do people follow your guidance because they paid you? And they got the game. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's an important um, aspect of I, there's so many people out giving away. I understand the giveaway free content uh, concept initially. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, the value comes in and certainly what you give away. But um, what when they pay what they receive, then is, is going to be a lot more because they're going to listen. Yeah. And there's been both mindsets. I agree with you. There's been a lot of free stuff and a lot of um, question about that, of how that feels. And does it, you know, and, and I think it's really a personal decision. You know, I've got like kind of some hybrid offerings around that. I've created a lot of virtual communities as a result of this. I have a female business owner coffee chat that I do every week that just gets, you know, it's just like, Hey, can I, now's the time you don't have a virtual room created. You know, you're building your network, you're going through and having chats with people that are going through similar things, you're getting ideas, you're celebrating wins. Um, you know, you're just, you're not trying to minimize what's going on outside you. It's trying to maximize what's going on in here. And now's the place to do that, you know? Well, you mentioned that before. So tell me about the women's business coffee chat. Like you just said, hey, I'm getting together a group of girl, ladies, however you like to come join me. Because Right. I mean, this is what I mean. Like you just said, these are a group of people that I want to hang out with. So I'm just going to make a place for us to hang out. I did. I was like, if you don't have the room, create the dang room. So right. Right. I um, started, I would say maybe last fall, um, a local business owner coffee chat just um, over here in Atlanta. And, you know, sometimes I'd have two people, sometimes I'd have four, six, sometimes I'd have zero. I would just bring work, you know, and yeah. I would just market it on LinkedIn. And when I had one on my calendar and this whole thing happened, I thought, oh my gosh, virtual, I can open this up to my, the people that I know that are not local. And I actually like it better, guys. I actually like it better. Um, really? It's really? Yeah, it's been really great. I limit it to a number um, that's digestible so that people get time to share and it doesn't feel like just a bunch of, you know, because Zoom is different than a networking event. In a networking event, there's so many people talking, you don't get to talk to everybody on a Zoom you you really can focus and zero in and hear what people are saying. So that that started a few weeks ago. It's been going strong. Um, it's female business owners and builders. So some builders that um, might work in wealth management or um, you know in their own right. And they've been people from all over the nation. We actually had um, 
you know, Canada, um, South Africa, um, we had somebody from Australia sign up. She actually didn't make it due to the time thing, but, but right. How cool is that? So <laughs> I that, think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes when you do things like that, you have to get specific. So for me, I'm a female business owner that resonated with me. So I said, female business owners, um, I've seen a lot of those type of virtual communities come up. It's totally free. It's a great way to figure out like a knowledge share. And I always say like positive vibes only, like let's wait about, what do you say? This house, not the white house. I heard that on your podcast. I've used that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> right. But you get to kind of create that space and have intentional um, positive vibes if that's what you're seeking. And then how many people do you limit it to like the many people you can fit on the screen, like six or eight or how do you so do it? I, yeah, I limited it to 15 and I saw this morning. So it's actually happening tomorrow. Um, this morning we hit the limit. So I'm not sure if anybody else has signed up, okay. but yeah, I mean, and then sometimes people might not make it. It's not formal. We take, we always snap a picture with our coffee. We go around and share. I ask them to put their, their contact information in the chat box and then they can save the chat and connect with each other. So it's like, let's continue to support each other outside of this virtual room. That is awesome. I mean, seriously, because right now, um, all entrepreneurs, we, we are all in the same boat. I mean, it's in, in this boat, um, let's just say all boats rise with the sea. So the more we put our heads together, the more clarity we're all going to have. Instead of trying to hold stuff in, we got it. Yeah, like that's, that's awesome that you're doing that. That is an awesome idea. I love it. Thank you. So Matt, I think we, uh, we covered a lot. We, we covered a lot, but what I'd like to kind of summarize and, and the best idea was the last one right there is, is create your own room. We had talked about that Bridget and it's like, man, if whatever you're doing right now, you can find other business owners to chat with. You could find other customers to chat with. You could find other suppliers to chat with. And just like you said, create your own room. That is, I mean, that's, that's just gold right there. I think that's fantastic. For the betterment, the betterment of your business, right? For the betterment of your business. That's, that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's your thing. All right, Bridget, so tell me where we can find you. Where do, where do you want people to reach out? Yeah, so I hang out a lot on LinkedIn, <laughs> as we okay. talked about. So Bridget Boucher on LinkedIn. B-O-U-C-H-A, um, I will say that. So. B-O-U-C-H-A on LinkedIn. And Instagram is Life with Coach B. Life with Coach B, I love it. Dave Mulvaney, where can we find you, buddy? Find me at davidmulvaney.com. You can connect with me on LinkedIn as well as um, you can find us at profitabilitymd.com. How about you, Matt? Where can we find you? Perfect. So I'm Matt Hudgens over on LinkedIn. I got my coaching website at 10xprofitblueprint.com. And then, of course, this podcast is on all the places you get your normal podcasts. Bridget, you are an awesome guest. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And, and I really liked your create, create your own room. I mean, gosh, I'm, that's kind of exciting stuff. So. That's awesome. Thanks for thanks Bye. for being with us, Bridget. Thank you guys. Take care. See ya.